0: Life in all its myriad forms cover the jewel of the solar system, Earth. The planet we call home boasts an amazing array of flora and fauna with the dominant species, us, perched atop the global food chain. But is that perch as secure as we believe it to be? And as we look down, do we truly see all that exists in the shadow of the pedestal of our own creation? Or does hubris blind us to that which we cannot easily see? There are those who say winged creatures glide through moonlit skies or glare from the darkness with crimson eyes. Are the plaster cast footprints, filling display cases in museums around the globe, proof of the existence of the creature, indigenous people of North America named Sasquatch in bygone days, or are they all part of an elaborate hoax perpetrated against an all too often gullible society? And are we justified in embracing the evidence of eyewitness accounts and other evidence, or equally justified in denying that any new thing could be discovered under the burning light of day or the cool rays of a full moon? Are cryptids such as Mothman and Bigfoot actual living creatures, or do they only haunt the fertile forests and fields that border the pathways leading through the shadows of legends? Today we have Randy Burnett with us. He's from Idaho and he has some experiences with the strange and the paranormal. So how are you today? I'm just fine. How are we going? It's going pretty good. Uh, so we've discussed this a little bit. You, you have some uh, some unique experiences. You would care to elaborate on that?
1: Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, I'm here in the state of Idaho and uh, I'm Native American from Fort Hall. And, uh, you know, back in the day when my grandmother used to tell us about, uh, you know, verbal uh, stories and stuff they passed down to us, you know, she used to tell us that uh, we were on the pathways of uh, the Bigfoot's migration patterns. And, uh, you know, uh, when I was a young kid, she'd tell us stories about, you know, Bigfoot and, and uh, some scary stories to, you know, try to get us to listen, you know. But uh, growing up, I never believed that they would be true. You know what I mean? And uh, well, now that under- I find out that. What's
0: that? I said, that's understandable. I mean, when you're, you're hearing something secondhand. But how did she yeah. re- react when she was telling you these stories? Uh, did she treat it as uh, though it's something everyone knew, as if she believed
1: it? Uh, yeah yeah these were stories that uh her grandparents had told her about you know not crying at night and if you were naughty or you got in trouble they'd say they'd uh, tell you to not to cry at night or Bigfoot would come and grab you and put him in put you in his knapsack and the naughtier you were the better you tasted and so that's what they used to tell us to you know make us listen and not to not to be crying at night. And if you got in trouble, they'd tell you that.
0: Well, I think as a child, and that so that was kind of
1: like. Yeah, yeah. So when we got in trouble, they'd tell us that. And we'd, we'd go quiet because we didn't want to be put outside and have Bigfoot come and get us. <laughs>
0: well, that's interesting.
1: yeah yeah so that's kind of like the the story that they used to tell us when we were little kids to try to get us to listen <laughs> but uh you know the the older i got the uh, i was doing a lot of fishing with my grandfather and stuff and you know my very first encounter wasn't really in an encounter it was just more like uh i went fishing and i caught some fish that day and was coming back and uh the sun was setting and i kind of like uh was in a rush to get back because it was going to get dark. And I had a, you know, I caught about maybe four or five good-sized trout, and we were going to cook them up for my grandfather, you know. And then uh, I was coming back, and uh, when I was leaving the, the area, it's kind of down in the valley a little bit, you know, and I had to walk back from where I left my, my bicycle because I rode down there to, you know, catch fish. It's not too far away from our house. But it's uh, got cedars and junipers and stuff like that. And when I was walking back up the hill, um, I started hearing footsteps behind me, you know, and uh, when I'd stop, it would stop, you know, and then I would walk a little bit more. And I was thinking that ain't no deer or buffalo or something, because we have buffalo down in our bottoms area deer, and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, I it was getting dark and I could tell that it was heavy and I could hear only two footsteps you know, like step, step, you know, and, uh, I was getting more concerned the later it was getting, cause I was getting closer to my bike, but, uh, it started, you know, getting closer to me and, uh, I couldn't see it through the trees. And, uh, instead of me, uh, getting grabbed or getting taken, cause I had these stories that, you know, that he kidnapped people and stuff and kids and stuff. So yes. I just threw my fish in the tree and I, got on my bicycle and I just ran back rode back home real quick because I didn't want to be taken <laughs> I'd rather have him eat my fish than grab me <laughs> well, yes I think it would be yeah.
0: a lot better uh, and how old were you yeah. when this happened
1: I was about maybe 15 or 16 mm-hmm. yeah I was still a youngster but you know it was uh, pretty uh, scary you know and I was like couldn't believe that I had a and follow me like that, you know.
0: Well, and I would think too right. that you you mentioned footsteps, uh, and, yeah, and being, yeah, being around other sort of animals, you'd know the difference between a, a footstep and a footstep, right. for instance.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, you know, when we go hunting, you can hear the deer when they hop. You know, they hop, hop. You know, yes. It wasn't like that. You know, you could hear it definitely stepping left to right. And uh, that really kind of frightened me because it was getting darker, evening time. You know, it took me a minute to kind of process that somebody was down there following me. I was like, "Oh no," you know. And and I had those thoughts go through my head about what my grandmother used to tell us and my grandfather, you know. And uh, so I figured I better just dispart my uh, my fish and let them have that as an offering instead of taking me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's totally reasonable.
1: Yeah, I would say. Yeah, but i, I sh- that's the fastest I've ever rode my bike back home, you know, and uh, after that experience, I kind of uh, didn't go fishing down in that same area unless I had somebody with me, <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, numbers, yes.
1: yeah, that was when I was a young guy, you know, and I told my grandfather, and he, he just said, yeah, if you don't bother him, he won't bother you. But, you know, I think he was following me because I had that fish. Could very you know well probably and i I didn't feel no way while I was fishing you know usually people talk about that yeah uh, you know they feel the presence of him and stuff but that time I didn't feel like I was being watched or anything but uh when I got older, you know me and my cousin uh, uh second time I had a, an encounter I was with my cousins and we were more like brothers really and then my uh my uncle's uh my uncle's uh, son was with us too. And he's my other cousin. And uh, we were down uh, fishing again, but we went on boats uh, to these islands, you know, where hardly anybody hunts at. And uh, we traveled across the stream there, and we went to an island where it was a uh, pretty dense brush back there. And we were going to, you know, go and uh, like a line through the push the deer a certain way. Yes. And uh, we, we separated. We were walking in a line about maybe 100 feet apart. And uh, I was walking straight, and I came upon an area that was really dark with vegetation and cover. And I came to an opening, and it looked like to me like uh, somebody had ran into the brush and just rolled in it and smashed down all the willows. And it made a like a lean-to, but it was more like a, a bamboo mat I could kind of like you know, look at it and it looked like it was a a couch kind of like with made out of willows. It looked really, uh, something I've never really seen out of the brush before. And it was way in a really dark secluded area of the trees. So, and, uh, I had that, I had that feeling like, uh, I had broke into somebody's house, you know what I mean? And, uh, it was kind of smelly. It smelled really kind of like musky. Yes. A musky smell. And it smelled really, uh, kind of like a skunk smell, really musky and skunky, kind of like a sour smell. And I looked at that, uh, the willows in a form like a big old couch, and I was looking at that, I go, that looks like somebody's bed or something laying there. And I got that feeling like I felt like I broke into somebody's house or something. And then right when I was looking at that, I heard the brush break ahead of me, and we were hunting, and I had my gun, and I leaned against a tree, and I I got kind of frightened because I just had that, you know, sensation hit me right then. And then the brush is breaking and I hear something come crashing towards me. And uh, I was leaning there and I got my gun ready. I thought it was a deer coming at me, you know? And I I was waiting and here they come running right past me. And it was a herd of horses that was spooked and they come running right past me. And uh, that just scared the living you know, the living daylights out of me. <laughs> I was standing there going, oh, no, you know, what the heck is this coming at me? And it was sounded, you know, the brush was crashing, and it, you know, was a pretty loud, and it, it frightened me pretty much, you know, because I already had that feeling like I broke into somebody's house.
0: I was going to and ask, Yeah, uh, you you mentioned yeah. that feeling like you were in someone's house. Now, this yeah. didn't, didn't remind you of a nest of a wild animal or anything like that, did it?
1: It reminded me of a nest, but more like uh, like a couch, like where somebody would sit or lay. And it was really uh, like it had, let me explain how our willows are kind of like, they're maybe about five or six feet tall. Yes. And uh, they're really dense and thick, you know. And when when it smashed it down, it looked like a a willow mat is what it looked like, kind of like a mat. You know, those bamboo mats like they make like that? Yes. It kind of resembled that because they were all laid down in a certain way. And I was thinking that looks like it looked like a mat to me. And I was thinking that looks like somebody's uh, bed or something that they're laying down in. And it had a bunch of uh, the willows where it rolled it down and mashed it. I could tell that something rolled there because it, it just looked like an impression in the willows to me like somebody had rolled around in there and knocked the willows down, or smashed them down to some extent. But it looked definitely looked like a, as big as a couch, you know, how long a couch is. Yeah, I thought it looked like somebody's laying there, you know?
0: we well, see, that's what I was clarifying, that uh, it wasn't something that looked like it had been made by a wild dog or a deer or something like that.
1: It, it was way beyond uh, a nest. I've seen how deer make round nests and it wasn't round it was more uh long more like about 10 maybe 20 feet long and i was thinking that ain't no deer nest or nothing like that
0: no it doesn't sound like any nest of deer that i've seen
1: yeah nothing that long you know i mean it even if you had a herd of them is still they, they make separate beds you know and uh so i knew it wasn't nothing that uh it looked more like a a native we make lean tos and stuff when we go in there but it you know if you had to do something survival style yes like if you want to be out of the rain that's what it looked like to me is somebody made a survival situation there and uh where we're at you have to cross through the uh the creek on a boat because it's uh the snake river is pretty big you know it's a big river and uh it's more than what uh you wouldn't want to really swim because it's pretty deep. They got big currents and eddies and stuff like that that could, you know, get you. You, you don't know how to, what you're doing. Right, not something. But that island. That. Yeah, yeah, more than what you'd want to do with a gun or, you know, waders or, you know, anything like that. So when we crossed over there, um, and I seen that, and those horses uh, came through, and they made a, a trail where they were running, and I seen that, I said, I'm out of here, you know. My my hair was on the back of my neck, standing up. And I got out of there. I followed the trail where I came back through, where the horses ran through because they made a big trail. And something had spooked those horses pretty good because they were running at full pace. Yeah,
0: it's an interesting whatever was that, that stands out. What would it take to spook an entire herd of horses?
1: Something pretty big, and you know, we have uh, cougars around and uh, badgers and. The bear aren't really down here in our bottoms area. They're more up in the mountains. In our mountain area, they have bears up there, but uh, down but where we're at, there isn't no really, you know, nothing that big. You know, we have buffalo down there, and they're huge, but, you know, and they're, they're a herd animal, too. When they start running, they something, takes something pretty big to scare them, too. You know what I mean? So I knew something had been over there that scared them, and uh, I just ran out of the same way because I knew something was over that way after I seen that lean-to thing and the way smelled, it smelled that kind of got me spooked that time <laughs> I, I just ran out of there but when I made it back to my cousin and them yes. and uh, we all met up back again at where we was at by the boat and they had told me that we're on their side where they were at that they ran into a, a pile of uh, of uh, Poop that was sitting there that looked more human than uh, like an animal poop, you know. They said it looked more human, and it was a pile that was like three times bigger than anything that they have ever seen. And uh, they told me that right then and there, and uh, I was like, "Wow, I just seen a lean-to back there that was made out of the willows." I told them, and we were just kind of, you know, talking about what we had seen over there and felt, you know. And I told him, I said, "I didn't feel good back there when those." horses ran they go yeah something scared them horses and uh they they were on the other side of where i was at and it it must have went their way because those horses were on their side and so when those horses ran towards me i just ran back towards the boat and we all you know got together and and uh the my other cousin he he was the last one on the end of the line he uh actually seen a deer come running and he shot it and uh I guess he had wounded it, you know, kind of like bad. And sometimes, you know, when you you shoot it and it's wounded mortally, it let out an ugly cry, like, you know, it was screaming, you know, before it died. Yes. And uh, it was an eerie sound, he said. And then he he said he heard something that was in the brush over there, but he couldn't see through the brush. And it was uh, something was hitting the trees over there. And so we went over there to, towards where he was at. He was hollering, hey, I'm over here. And uh, so we all went that direction, you know, towards him because we were by the boat. And uh, we said, hey, let's get out of here. You know, you got that. And he said something was banging on the trees. So each one of us had some kind of uh, incident from, you know, where where we were spread apart, you know. And when we all gathered, we got that deer in the back of our boat. and We got out of there, you know. We said, we'll get, you know out of there pretty quick because uh we had those incidents with us each one of us had something that you know happened to us but when we was getting across and we got it back in the boat and we got everything ready to go my truck was an old dodge truck three quarter ton and uh we started leaving and just i had thought i had a full tank of gas and when we was leaving I hit a big bump over the, the bridge that we crossed to get away back on our main road. Uh, it hit real hard and my gas tank showed full tank and then it dropped to E. And I was like, Oh my gee, <laughs> we just, uh, we got no gas and we we're going and then it just started sputtering right after that. And I was thinking, Oh no. And it was coming to sundown, you know? Right. And, uh, we didn't, we didn't think that, uh, you know, we, we, be stranded there. <laughs> and then here, the farmers that were back there, they have some, uh, clear cut where they're doing alfalfa hay back there. And, uh, you know, the deer like to go over that way. And we were just right past that in the brush that the tree tree line that goes right past the river. And that's why I was there. Cause it was kind of like a choke point, you know, and uh, we was walking that bush, that bunch of trees. But when we left, and we got on the main road. We was trying to catch the last farmers that were leaving to catch a ride, you know. Maybe they might have some gas or something to help us. Yes. But uh, we, we didn't catch them in time. We were too far off the road. So we ended up having to walk to uh, maybe about two miles to the nearest uh, place where we could get a vantage point to see if anybody was down there. And we're right by the, uh, a river that's called uh, uh, Clear Creek. And, and right there at that bridge, there's a bunch of trees off the ridge right there. And you got to walk up the ridge and then you'll be out of that bottoms area where we was hunting. And uh, when we got over there, we were standing there taking a break on the bridge. And uh, we heard uh, what sounded like the samurai chatter. You know, have you have you heard of that? The samurai chatter from uh, the video where, you know, it, it sounded like somebody talking. And, uh, you know, you couldn't make it out, but it was like, rah, 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 and I was making all kinds of noise coming out of the brush yes. along that back side of the ridge. And I, my cousin asked me, he goes, hey, what is that sound, man? It sounds like somebody talking or something. And I said, I can't tell. It don't sound like an a, a animal or anything. It sounded like somebody trying to talk, you know. And so we was like kind of like looking around over that way. But uh, I was standing there and there's a bunch of trees that are right on the ridge that were like, I don't know what kind of trees they are, but they were really tall compared to the trees that are around there. And there was only one set on that ridge. And I just so happened to look right as the sun was setting, I seen something walking into the shadow of the biggest tree standing on that ridge. And I was going, hey, did you guys see that? Look right over there on the ridge. Something, somebody or something walked into the shadow of that tree and they're like, I didn't see that. And so we, uh, was on the bridge and we got down on our knees and we was looking over the, the concrete bridge there. And, uh, I'd say, I don't know the distance, but I'd say it was a good 500 yards away. But that tree was right there to the right. And in the shadow of that tree, I could see something. It looked like it was swaying back and forth because I had a scope on my 30, 30 rifle. Yeah, And, uh, And I could tell that something was standing there because I was the only one that noticed it when it stepped into the trees. I only seen it take two steps before I noticed it walking into those shadows. And I was telling my cousins in that, and I said, "Uh, who is that, or what are they doing standing there in the shade of that tree, you know? And it was getting dark to where the sun was just barely hitting that ridge, and I could just see something dark reaching into the trees and standing there. And I was telling them, maybe they're counting their cows. I, I thought it was a rancher. Maybe, maybe he wanted to count his cows cause there was cattle down there and stuff, you know, and people want to keep track of their cows. You got to count them out, you know, I understand. and I was thinking maybe, maybe that's what it is or somebody like that. I thought it was, I didn't think it was a, a, Bigfoot. I assumed that would be a, a person, you know, because I seen it walking upright and I was like, who is that? You know, Not what it is, but who is it? (laughs) Yeah, so I was standing, in, and we were seeing something standing there, but after a minute, uh, the sun was getting down, and uh, the brush was hitting. You know like that Roger Patterson video, the Patty video? It come walking down out of them trees, and it walked right out into the yellow of the grass. And uh, if I would have had a camera for that back then, you know, I say I was about maybe 21 years old when that happened, and uh, me and my cousins were all about the same age and stuff. And uh, we we were like, I was looking and I was going, "Who is that walking down the hill?" And my 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 cousin, the older one, he uh, he goes, "That's Bigfoot," you know. And then it hit me because it was so dark, and uh, I just was like, "Oh man," you know, "What am I really seeing here?" and uh, it walked right down and it was looking underneath the willows like it was, I don't know what it was doing. It was just looking underneath and it was kind of like veering around. And then uh, we got freaked out and we said, let's get out of here. So we was running up that hill. And uh, when it seen us and then it tried to come around to the left and walk around us from behind and we were running up the hill because we wanted to get out of that valley area in the bottom and get to the top where there was a house up there. And uh, the first house was right here by the ridge. And uh, we ran beyond that and we ran to the next house because I go, I'm not going to stop there if that Bigfoot's right down there and it was trying to look at us running up the hill. And uh, so we ran to the next residency and. Uh, we walked over there and the dogs were all barking and everything, so we kind of felt a little bit better, you know, because the dogs were barking and stuff. Right. And we knocked on the door and we were all hysterical. We all had our guns and when we uh, asked for help, the, the guy who looked at us he goes, "What happened to you guys? You guys got your guns? You better unload your guns. We don't, you know, what's going on? You know, he was showing concern because we had weapons with us, you know.
0: Well, I mean that's and.
1: and yeah, and he goes, "Hey, if you guys got weapons, you unload your guns. You know, I don't want no problems here. You know," and we said, "Yeah, yeah, okay." So we unloaded our guns, but we were all hysterical. All three of us were freaking out. Uh, I got a really good look at it, and it was had to be at least eight or nine feet tall, because the uh, the willows were at least five to six feet tall, and it was bigger than that when it come walking down off that hill. And it looked exactly like the Roger Patterson video. But it was a male. You could tell that it was a male. It was so wide and it didn't have no breasts like on the other video. Because I seen that video and I always looked at that. And that's what I was using as judgment, you know. And I was like, wow, that has to be Bigfoot because it was so big and huge. And it was dark and hairy. And you could see it right out in the yellow of the grass at the evening time. And uh, I say the encounter lasted at least over maybe two or three minutes before it took us to run up that hill and uh, it was walking. When it kind of hooked towards us, we ran up over the hill and I looked back one last time and it was it was showing curiosity when we took off because we ran. And uh, my cousin and them said, shoot it, shoot it. And I said, there ain't nothing that I got that is gonna hurt that thing, that Bigfoot or whatever it was. And I had a thirty thirty rifle, I had a nine millimeter uh, my cousin had a thirty out six, and uh, my other cousin had a seven mm. And uh, I said, "Man, that don't don't provoke it. You know that ain't gonna do nothing but upset this thing." And I go, "Let's just get out of here, man. No use trying to shoot at something that's that big." And I, I assumed it would be more terrifying than a grizzly bear or something, you know, like that. But I was, I was, I was like dangerous. Yeah, that was my, my thought, too. I thought, there ain't no way I'm going to kill this thing. It, I only had, I think, from when we were shooting around too earlier that day, I only had, like, four bullets in my thirty thirty and maybe a 10-round clip in my pistol. And I was thinking, I ain't got enough firepower here to take that thing down. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you what, man, that that uh, sure opened my eyes to having that encounter, you know. And, uh did you get a look at that uh, picture I posted I, on the Bigfoot uh, the Bigfoot site? Did you get a look at that
0: one? I've not been able to look at that yet.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, because that's, that's uh, when your wife uh, contacted me, and uh, that was the third time I had an encounter. Uh, that one was a baby juvenile that I had in my my grandmother and grandfather used to tell us about us being on the migration pattern. Remember, I told you that we was on a migration pattern. Yes. And, uh, they used to tell us that. And, uh, a lot of us natives, they don't are in our tribe here. They don't like us to, you know, talk about our encounters to non-tribal members. That's so, so they stable. always discourage that they always told us to, you know, not to be telling people if we had, you know, come into some t- contact like that or something like that, because they just didn't want people trespassing on a property, disturbing everything, you know?
0: Yeah. I was going to say that um, it would be a certain amount of wisdom too, that to prevent people from coming in and trampling everything.
1: Yeah. It, and it's kind of frowned upon to, to talk to non-tribal members, but me, I'm more of an open-minded person. I've traveled quite a bit, you know, and everything. And, um, I just don't see no use in, in, uh, trying to hold information back like that, <laughs> you know, so I'm more open than most of them, but my elders were are they're, they're diehard like that. They're, they won't tell people anything. But, uh, since I've had my encounters, I thought, you know, what's, you know, why should we hold back information? You know, it's just an encounter I'm not trying to hurt him or harm them or anything like that. Oh, you know? It's just, uh, something in, and, you know, that first time I, I actually seen it with my cousins. I had witnesses with me and I was like, wow, we actually seen something, you know, after we sat down and talked about it, you know, we, I, I had uh, looked at it in my scope when I first looked at it, I seen its face and it had a, uh, the gray markings of the face looked really shiny and you can see its eyes. It had, uh, you know, how people say the darks of the eyes Okay, and, uh, it had. I could see the whites in its eyes and its pupils and stuff when I was looking at my scopes. I had a pretty high-powered scope, and uh, I was uh, pretty fortunate to get a look at its face because my other cousins, them, didn't have rifles scopes on theirs. But, yeah, it was pretty crazy to see that, you know?
0: So a lot of people say that when they see Bigfoot on in such close quarters that it the, the, yeah. you know, reminds them of, of being too human. Did you get that impression? uh
1: yeah i i seen its face and it it looked it looked human uh as far as the face went but its nose did look more like a a gorilla okay but you could tell its facial features it it had curiosity and i could tell its expression had a, a curiosity look to it you know but uh i'll tell you what that thing was it was so big and wide it made a you know, any type of wrestler like the Hulk or anybody like that, it made it look small compared to what it was, you know, the width and the size. And when uh, it was walking, you could see the muscle movement moving through its, its uh, fur or its hair. You yeah. could see the movement in its body. And uh, it, it was uh, very, very big. You could just see how muscular it was more like a bodybuilder type, but longer and lanky and just super heavy. Well, I, I couldn't even begin to estimate how
0: heavy it was. You know, it was huge. Well, You had mentioned earlier seeing a juvenile. Uh, would you care to describe yeah. that a little bit better? Oh, uh,
1: the juvenile that I seen was uh, back behind our house. And uh, it was a, it was a uh, with a family unit, and uh, the juvenile, I came out early in the morning, and I was cutting my weeds back behind my house, and uh, I seen an impression in the ground. Like, you know, when you cut your grass, the grass sticks up. Yes. And uh, I was I was working, and I had used a restroom back there because it's kind of like far away from the road and everything and all that, and there's a bunch of trees back there. And I used the restroom there the day before when I was, you know, working. And when I came back, after I cut through that area, there was a a body impression where I had used the restroom there that day before on the dirt. And I was looking at the grass that was knocked down. I thought, am I just seeing things or is that a body impression? And uh, it just reminded me of like where, uh, you know, like if a dog, uh, rolls around in his territory he's marking his ground yes and uh, leaving his scent land there and it reminded me of that because I could see the ground where it was rolling in the grass and I was like wow because it left impressions and uh I had even posted that on Facebook too when that happened and uh people were like oh, you're just seeing things but you know what you could really tell I would I just wish I would have put something there for a measurement, like a shovel or something to see actually how big that was. Right. But I didn't put nothing next to it for a uh, measurement status, you know? And everybody said, oh, that ain't no, you know, because there was nothing to to judge it by, you know? It was bigger than a, a door. You know, like how tall the doors are? They're, what, five, six feet tall? Yes. And it had to be bigger than that by at least two feet, you know? I should have just put something by it. And when I took those pictures, I lost the uh, phone that uh, had it on it, you know, the save it on your phone and the chip that you get with that. uh, I had lost that phone. And so I didn't uh, get a chance to keep that information that I had or I would have sent a picture to you. But uh, that juvenile was with that family unit. And uh, when I got up that morning, I took a picture of those trees because I had a, a feeling that somebody was watching me. And, uh, I seen something, shadow figures in the trees because it was pretty dense and I didn't want to walk back there, you know, and, uh, I was just cutting the weeds down and that's when I seen that impression. And I kind of had a feeling something was back there because I seen that body impression in the grass. And then, uh, after I, I was telling my cousin that, and she's got a computer to where she could, uh, you know, break down, the. uh. Because I took a little video caption of the trees, you know, and it was uh, she had an editing situation on her, her computer where you could break down and make photos out of every second, uh, uh, every second of the video, it broke it down into photos. And she went through every photo when she noticed that uh, there was something sitting there in the grass when I took that video. And I didn't know it was even in the grass in the open until after she sent it back to me. And so that's how I got the picture of that video of the juvenile.
0: So now, and uh, have you shown that to, to a lot of different people? What was the response to that?
1: Oh, a lot of people said I was high on drugs. I was <laughs> an alcoholic. Uh, a lot of the natives were upset with me because uh, my tribal members were like, you know, you're not supposed to be posting stuff like that and showing non-tribal members. You know, I was getting a lot of flack from my tribal members around the way in my district in our area. And they they didn't appreciate me posting that to everybody out in public to see. And uh, I was getting flack from my tribal members. A lot of people were downplaying me. And, you know, I didn't ever think that anybody would get that aggressive just over a video and showing one picture of something that you could see sitting in the 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 weeds and you could definitely see its face really good. You can see that it had a pointed head and you know, like how Neanderthals have the, the eyebrow. Yes. Where it's really predominant and you could see that more. And then it's eyes, you couldn't see its eyes because of the shadow of the light was covering its eyes but you could definitely see its nose and that juvenile had more of a, a human type nose. It was more poking out, not like a uh, ape's nose, how they're flat yes it it looked more like a human style nose and you can see its cheeks and uh its lips and its chin you can see the 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 facial features more and it it looked uh I say it looked like maybe like a ten year old kid kind of like and it was sitting in the brush and the the weeds right there and you could definitely see its face real good and uh it looked like uh the color of it blended in with the brush real good you know how the the weeds during fall time are yellow yes it blended in very good it had like the light browns and the dark browns but not so yellow but just the a blend of i don't know it was, Dark colored and light colored, kind of like, you know, like it was shedding its skin or fur or something. You know how uh, game animals change color during like when uh, deer change colors? I I think it was kind of like maybe it was uh, changing for wintertime to summertime type colors or something, but it looked dark. It had two different colors, light brown and a dark brown, but its face was gray colored. You could definitely tell its face was gray, dark, dark gray. And uh, when I got that, that photo, my cousin goes, you did see something because she sent me that video of that and showed me that picture out of that video that I sent her. And uh, she posted on there. She goes, my cousin did see something. And she sent me that picture. And then I posted that. And then, But, you know, my tribal members were kind of upset with me because I did that, you know. And I just told him, I said, I don't see no reason why we need to hide this stuff. You know, times have changed. You know, I'm more of an upbeat type person, you know. And uh, I kind of just wanted people to know that, hey, am I really seeing what I'm seeing? And I wanted to get other people's opinion. But I didn't think I'd get so many negative uh, opinions and people uh, downplaying my personality, you know, and uh, thinking that thinking that I was on drugs and stuff like that real bad.
0: People generally mock what they don't understand and uh, they try to come up with excuses why it uh, fits with their own worldview. But I I have to ask since these multiple encounters here uh, in the same general area, is uh, is it a general feeling of unease there? Like you're being watched, you feel threatened?
1: Uh, when I when when I first, my grandmother told me that we was on a migration pattern, yes. and I I kind of uh, she she told us that when I was little, but when I was the first encounter, I didn't feel anything like that. But the second encounter, when I was hunting, uh, that one definitely put uh, you know made my hair stand up, and I got freaked out. Then the third one, when we seen it walking, that one kind of shocked me because I seen its face. Yes and that one gave me nightmares you know mm. and uh but when i have seen that juvenile and i took that that uh, photo of the juvenile i just had a feeling that somebody was watching me and uh i was uh one time i was working on my truck right yes and uh i was changing the spark plugs and uh i parked underneath our trees right there and the trees that i'm talking about are a little bit further out uh, maybe about 100 yards or 100 feet down further away from me. And uh, they're pretty thick, and they're, they're really thick brush. And I was putting my head underneath the hood, and I had this ugly feeling that somebody was behind me. And I turned around, and I go, who's back here? And I, lo- I, looked, I looked, and uh, I didn't see anybody. But I had that feeling like somebody was on my back, you know, looking at me. And I freaked out, and I, I just finished my work on my truck, and I went in the house, drove it in front. But uh, I didn't realize that something was back there until after i seen the body impressions in the grass. And then it dawned on me that, hey, something's back there. And then uh, when I got that picture of that the, uh, what I gave to my cousin, and she's edited it out, and I seen that, then uh, that morning – there was uh, something leaving in it. There was a little bit of opening and I could see a family unit of five of them walking away and they were leaving the area. And, uh, you could definitely tell there was five of them. And, uh, the, the, I, I could tell the father was really light Brown. It looked like grizzly bear color, like dark Brown. Okay. And then the second one, that was shorter and not as tall as that one that was looked like the father the the i assumed that it was a mother of the the little ones the juveniles that i took picture of there was uh it was black i could tell it was jet black when it was walking away and it was carrying a baby on its shoulders and then there are these two other ones were the juveniles that were looked like little twins they were like brown you know light brown and they looked like they were I'd say like about maybe four to five feet tall. But they were, you know crawling. The little ones were crawling. I couldn't really see them as much, but just make out, you know, their shadows in the in the weeds going by, but the the other ones I could see them really clear walking out. But when they came out in the open they crawled down on all fours and they all started crawling away in the opening. But when they got to the trees, they stood back up again, and then they walked into the trees. And uh, I thought that was just kind of like, uh, reminded me like of a a wolf or something would crawl like that, you know? Yes. Like how they creep on their prey or something. I thought, wow, that was kind of creepy to see them crawl like that. And uh, when they stood up, you could definitely tell they were huge. And uh, to me, that really blew my mind that I seen them crawling out in the open. And you'd figure something that big and tall, you'd be able to see it, you know. But when they blend in with that brush, you know, uh, they just disappeared. You know, and I couldn't believe how quick they could uh, uh, be camouflaged by the brush and just the natural surroundings, you know, because their color of their fur and the way they look, they just blend right in. Even the dark one, you know, you could just see it looking like a shadow in the brush and the weeds. And I was just amazed. I was bewildered on how quick they could just lay down and disappear like that and how big they are. Um, So I kind of like uh, had a, I don't know, just astonished of what I just witnessed. And, you know, it was just... I guess what you could say is just the astonishment, a loss of words, and what to, you know, the shock of seeing it. I kind of like was in uh, PTSD mode. I didn't know what to say. I was just stunned to what I had witnessed. And uh, it takes a minute for you to grasp that reality of what you're actually seeing. You know, you question your eyes for what it sees, and your mind is like in uh, overload mode is what I felt like. Uh, I was trying to comprehend actually what I was seeing with my eyes and uh, I couldn't believe it, you know? And I've been growing up hunting and I've been on this reservation for all my life. I've traveled quite a bit and I've seen a lot of area but all the times I've been hunting I've never ever uh, witnessed something to that extent. And, uh, you know, I still go hunting a lot, but it's like, now I don't stay after dark anymore, (laughs) (laughs) you know, when it gets dark, I get out of there, you know, and, uh, I just give them what they, the room they need. But it's like, uh, I think twice and i keep my eyes out and I keep my guns around me a little bit more nowadays, but it's like, I realize that they're out there and, uh, sometimes, uh, I was, uh, hunting and you'll hear a whoop or a call or something like that. Yeah. And I just know that's time to get on out of there. <laughs> I don't, I don't stay to see anybody. I know they're there. So I just give them their space. But, uh, you know, it was a eye awakening, uh, sight there to see something like that. And just seeing one, let alone having how many encounters, you know, kind of blew my mind and in our our traditional views, people always say that you see it for a reason, you know? Yes. And I kind of believe that too, because after that I kind of had things happen to me and they were good and bad, but, you know, I took it in stride and I just uh, looked at it that it it made me believe in my traditional values a lot more from what I was told. And the stories that were passed down to me from my family, it kind of really opened up my eyes that, you know, the stories that I was told in our culture, it, it, it really awoken me to, you know, really enhance my, my Native American uh, side a lot more. So it, it did do me good seeing that because I, I prayed a lot more and uh, it brought me a lot closer to my culture yeah. seeing that. So I think that was the reason why I was uh, able to see them. It was for a reason. And that's, what I got out of it, even though it, it was frightening and, and scary, it, it kind of woke me up to the reality that there are things out here that we, we know, we may know they're there, but they're not uh, scientifically documented yet. You could say from what I witnessed and I always uh, was told these stories as I was growing up and I didn't realize that they were actually based on some real true facts somewhere down the line. Well, now, you know, being
0: uh, you know having firsthand experience and being a witness here, how would how would you describe Bigfoot as a creature? In other words, what do you think it is?
1: In my uh, my own opinion, yes, I think that they are a part of a human branch of the what do they say Homo sapiens? Yes, I think that they are actually a human type hybrid that's just off of our branch you know how we are as human beings they're like us but yet they have the eight characteristics they live you know at one with nature so they don't need nothing else you know they are more smarter than what you think they would be you know because they live at they live out there with nature they're at one with nature <laughs> they have human features. They are smarter than us because they know what to do, how to catch game. You know, from what I've seen, they 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 are a family unit like how we are. And uh, me being a Native American, you know, we make lean twos, teepees, and stuff like that. And from what I've seen, they they have the ability to do that. And that's not like just ape-like. They have uh, abilities to make things. They make structures. They are a family unit. They know how to work together to capture their game. And that takes uh, communication. So they have to be a lot smarter to avoid people also they know what the dangers are and uh <clears throat> so it it it's a lot smarter than
0: what people think you know so you would think they that, have uh, uh, that bigfoot is as cautious of us as we are of it. yes
1: from what i've seen i believe that they are smarter than us and they know what a gun is because when i looked at that one and they heard the the gunshots we were shooting around before. Yes. Uh, when I pointed at it with my scope and my rifle, it looked at us and it, it gave me like a, an upset look. You know what I mean? When I looked at it with my rifle, it it looked at me with disgust. Like I pointed that thing at him uh, and it, it, it made a face at me when I looked at it in my scope and that kind of sent shivers down my back when I was, uh, sleeping, I woke up, and I had, you know, nightmares from that when I first seen it walking down off that hill, and my cousin said, that's Bigfoot, uh, you know, and I looked at it in my scope, and it looked at me, and it, when I pointed that gun at it, it it changes facial features, you know, it, it knew what a gun was, and that's what, you know, really kind of, like, sent uh, a thought through my head, like, these things are very, very, as big as they are, they know, they're they're smart people just assume that just because they got eight features that they're not that smart but they are very smart They're they know what a, a weapon is you know and so that takes kind of some kind of rationale to uh, distinguish what a weapon is or something
0: that could harm you you know what I mean yes. so uh, so uh, along those lines uh, once you, uh, witnessed the family unit, have you encountered yes. any of them since?
1: Uh, as a matter of fact, I haven't encountered any more since that time because, uh, around our area where I live at now, they have a lot of, uh, fields that have gone down and they uh, took out a lot of trees and a lot of the, the stuff that was there before. Uh, now there's not that much around our area, but, um, you know, when I, I did have, a, it wasn't an encounter, but when I was hunting after that, like maybe about five years back or so, I was up in the hills and, uh, we shot an elk and we went back to go retrieve it because it got dark on us and we couldn't get it out. Yes. So we went back to go retrieve it and, uh, there was a spring right there coming out of the mountainside and below the, the spring was below, but above it there was a dig out on the side of the mountain that wasn't there the day before when we shot that elk and uh when we gutted it out and and pulled the the guts out yes. all the the heart and the liver and uh the main organs that contain iron were missing out of that the heart and the liver and uh there was uh, pieces missing off of our elk that was ripped out on the inside Like the filet mignon area, the softer parts that, you know, they were missing out of that. And uh, my cousin that was with me and my nephew, they said they heard something growling around in the back of the trees. And I thought, you know, because that area we're at contained a lot of uh, mountain lions. Yes. And so I just kind of blew it off at that. But when I went back to that spring area, because I was cleaning off my hands from uh, quartering it up. And I was washing the blood off my hands. I seen that uh, dugout above that springs. And you know what it reminded me of? What's that? Uh, It reminded me of a throne, you know, like where somebody would sit there and uh, lean back. And it was dug out perfectly like a chair. And when I sat in that chair, I could see the whole valley all the way down. And the road comes up one way. Through that valley and from where the, the chair was at it was about maybe four feet down uh and if you had i know my legs are shorter than that when i sat there my legs wasn't very far but whatever sat there to me it it appeared that their legs were longer and if they would sit in there in that that area your feet would reach the water <laughs> for some reason, I, I, I got an idea that somebody was sitting there and they were soaking their feet. What? And that's the thought that I had when I was sense. sitting in that. <laughs> and I was thinking, wow, did somebody sit here or, you know, and it's right above the spring, you know, in, in that distance. And the legs, my legs wasn't halfway there, you know, it wouldn't reach there. But I was thinking from what I've seen before, and that, and I was thinking that would be what the big man would do if he wanted to soak his feet. Right, <laughs> and yes. From what I have seen, I it just kind of like I said, okay, let's get this elk
0: out of here now. This guy might be around here now. Let's get on out down the road. You mentioning yeah, the elk but, made me think that uh, the the initial encounter where your truck ran out of gas when you went back to retrieve the yeah. truck was the deer still there? I, I was I was curious. <laughs>
1: yeah oh yeah the deer was still in there we we was uh walking out of there because we had uh to go up a while back but when we came back the deer was still in there and uh what we had seen when we i think it was the same one that we seen when we was in the brush yes when it had scared out everything because i think we had scared it out of its its uh sleeping area oh okay because uh that's what i assumed happened because when those horses was running something scared it and where my cousin and them were seeing what they seen they seen that pile of poop sitting there and then my cousin shot that other one he said he seen something in the brush or or heard it. he he wasn't sure he didn't tell me he seen anything but he had heard something standing over there by the brush and it was making noise and uh doing something he was kind of vague about it because he was just worried about getting that deer. And we were coming to him because he was hollering, hey, I got one. So we was getting out of there. And that's when we all had come together and we all had a, something happened to us. Each one of us had a story to tell when we got there. And I was kind of spooked. I said, hey, you know what? Something scared those horses towards me and it freaked me out because I seen something that looked like a lean-to. I said, uh, I'm not feeling too cool about being down here. And I've never had that happen to me before all the years I've been hunting and everything, you know, and I've seen bear, I've seen cougars, I've seen wolves up here. And uh, I never had that feeling of, of having to an urge to get out of there like that, you know, till that time. And, uh, you know, your hair stands up on your neck, you know, your your sixth sense comes in there and it tells you something and you want to listen to that. Because I never really had that feeling before until I had that happen to me. And uh, the second time was when I was right behind my house. And I've never had anything happen to me around the house like that either. And uh, to have that feeling so close to home was uh, really scary, you know. And uh, I had a problem going out at night when that happened to me. Because uh, my lights were on. But... uh, back behind the house back there it's really dark and i didn't like that I always had lights in the back you know security lights motion yeah. sensors and so after i had that encounter when uh i put up motion sensors <laughs> and uh, i'd never ever sleep with my curtains open you know after that you know and if i had anything i'd always close the curtains and If I heard something or whatever, I would just blow it off and, you know, turn up the TV because I didn't want to go look out there, you know. But that – now that I don't have that issue because there's so much fields out there and uh, people have moved in on our family side back behind our house there, and there's more houses back there and stuff. But, you know, uh, it it really kind of, like, changed around our – region in our area because people are, you know, we have family members that have kids and stuff and more housing area. But, um, I still, uh, go hunting. And I I worry about when I go out there, sometimes I think like, okay, let's just go hunting and let's not see the big guy this time, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So, but, you know, I've had those encounters and, you know, what happened to me, I think, was for a reason, you know, and I take it at that, you know. I, I It brought me a lot closer to my culture, and, and, you know, now I just accept it for the way it is, you know. To me, it's just like running into a grizzly bear out there nowadays, you know. And if I see him, I'm just going to turn around and give him his space, you know. But I, I know they're real, and uh, people that could say that are in the cities, they don't know – I guess you could say they have never been out there to witness something, you know, and until they do, they're going to be a skeptic, you know. And even if you do show them a picture like what I posted, uh, there's always going to be those namesayers that say, oh, that's just a guy in a suit. And uh, when I see that Roger Patterson video, that's the real deal, man. That's the real McCoy. Yeah. So I got to give it to those guys, you know, for catching that on
0: film. Was that the extent of your encounters with, uh, with Bigfoot?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was. But, uh, you know, we have uh, all kinds of myths down here in Fort Hall. Uh, they have the the deer woman, too. They talk about uh, the deer woman. She's part deer on her bottom half, okay. and the part is like a pretty female. But uh, she's like a... What you could call a banshee type thing. Okay. She's out there to to be like a banshee. They out there to lure the men away from uh, the the area, and then when they get them in the woods back there, she makes them disappear or eats them or something. They just know that they disappear. So they capture them. They they're like a banshee. They cry out and they catch it but the deer woman she seduces you into going out into the woods and uh you're looking at her face and you don't look down until you see her hooks by then it's too late they say <laughs> but that was one of the stories we were told watch out for the deer woman because uh she'll lure you into the she'll keep you enchanted with her eyes and her pretty face but if you get out in the woods with her she will make you disappear you will not come
0: back <laughs> so now that you have yeah. proof that uh, bigfoot exists all right it yeah revisit some of these other uh fables that you were told as a child it just makes me wonder about them
1: i've never seen the deer woman but i've heard even uh you know other people have seen it and stuff like that and it's that's more like a spirit i believe i've never seen that one but i've heard of other people seeing it but they say that she disappears she pops up like in a puff of smoke and she can vanish in a puff of smoke so that's more like a spirit entity to me right but to to me yes yeah it's more of a fable that one but um the bigfoot deal that one uh that one is the real deal there you know i I know that one of these days somebody's going to see one and uh, they're going to find a part or something because I believe they bury their dead. You know, they they carry them and they bury them. You know, that's what I believe. That's why they won't find any, I don't think, unless you see one. They've had some, I don't know what you could call, uh, shootings around in our reservation. Yes. And uh, they said that they wounded some mortally, but nobody went out to go find the body. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go chasing around after it and having find a whole bunch of them all. wanted to rip you apart because you killed one of their family members.
0: Well, yes, that would definitely not be, uh, some, an expectation you would want to realize, but it that way.
1: Yeah. Right. And you know, uh, these things can hold grudges, you know, uh, we've had some tribal members that had, a. Uh, him trying to break into their houses and stuff after they, you know, shot at them and stuff like that. And, uh, they had their dogs killed. And, uh, when I was back behind my house, when I, after I seen that, uh, impression in the grass and stuff, yes, I noticed that there was a lot of cat skeletons and we had a lot of cats around the way. And, uh, they had a, a pack of wild dogs that were running around that everybody had just like, you know, uh, abandoned their dogs, you know, when they got into a herd. Yeah. And, uh, we was finding, uh, that the, all the cats disappeared around the area and that some of those, uh, rogue dogs that were running around disappeared all of a sudden too. And I was finding, uh, skulls back there in those trees in the area back there. And, uh, I just find that, you know, like they were coming through during that time and, what kind of made me freak out a little bit because when I seen that little family unit, yes. it was uh, during the year 2015 and uh, they had uh, an announcement saying that our Idaho area was going to be uh, encountering the eclipse during that time. I see. And that you could only visit the, the state of Idaho. You'd be able to see that eclipse clear as day and it's going to be a hundred year eclipse or, uh, 500 year eclipse or something like that But it was uh, in our state that you could see it clear as day when it happened But I noticed that When that happened, I didn't realize that that earth that eclipse was happening during that sighting Until later I thought about it. I thought wow I wonder if they were here for that eclipse migrating
0: through during that time that's a possibility especially if they have human uh, level intelligence yeah and i i kind
1: of just thought i wonder if maybe they were coming through here to watch that eclipse because i i never uh you know so many people came from all over the united states just to witness that eclipse some people came to the state of idaho just to see that because it was, uh, I don't know how many years, 100 years, or 500 years or something, but it it was a long time in between when that happens. And and I'm a believer in the Mayan clock and all that kind of stuff, and, and uh, everything we have deals with the sun, yes. with our Native American traditions. We wake up to the rising of the sun, we pray in the morning, and then uh, when the sun sets, you know, uh, we don't sleep towards the sun, we face towards the sunrise when we sleep we point our heads towards the, the sun and when we sleep if you sleep towards the sunset you're you're prone to have nightmares and bad dreams and things like the spirit worlds could come into you when you're sleeping facing the west so we always face to the east when we sleep at least that's what I was told when I was growing up as a child you know, you sleep towards the sunrise. And, uh, like with, uh, they have dream catchers too. We usually put our dream catchers to the rise of the sun. Uh, so that way it'll capture all the bad spirits or any bad thoughts that people have, or, you know, nightmares or whatever elements you got, it'll take that away from you. So that's why we hang it on the east side of the, uh, the rising of the sun. So, everything that we believe in is has to deal with that. And that kind of made me think about when they were traveling through, kind of like, you know, in our traditions. And I, it just kind of like made me think, you know, a little bit when I was, you know, thought about our customs. And I just kind of wondered it. It just put a thought in my head. I wondered if that's why they was coming through during that time.
0: Well, that might be a And some I that
1: was yeah, yeah. I never, you know, that's that's what I kind of got out of it, you know. And some little things like that. And you know, I I had another thought too when uh, I seen that family unit, and I smelt their nasty must and stuff. There was a time where I, where I, where I had urinated on the ground right there, and they were rolling around in that. It gave me a thought that. You know how pigs wallow to keep the bugs off of them? Yes. And uh, they do that to keep the bugs off them and the ticks off their skin. And I was thinking they might roll around in their own feces and and urinate on themselves to keep making oil out of their skin to where it would uh, keep the bugs off them like how pigs do. Because they roll around in their own stuff because they're always stinking like, you know, real bad. And they musk, they like elk, they urinate on their musk, their husks on their legs. Yes. I think that that's what Bigfoot does to keep the bugs off them because they're airy. And they probably get lice and ticks and stuff on them or whatever. But if they do that, that would suffocate them enough to get it off their skin and they wouldn't be able to stay on you very long.
0: See, that's a distinct possibility.
1: Yeah, so I thought that was maybe the reason why they would be so stinky and smelly, because what I've seen when they were rolling around in the ground, that it was darker than the rest of the grass because it had an oil. uh, It looked like it had oil on its fur or something, because it is stunk, and it was really stinky around that area. And... The trees where they were like next to where I went over there, you know, I was investigating after they had left. Yes. I noticed on the trees where they were uh, climbing on the trees where they were standing or leaning on those trees, there was oil like a, a film on the trees. And it was really like they mark their area like they rub on a tree or something like deer do where they, you know, have a mark on their scent where they do that. Well, that's and i thought place, that's so, what they were doing uh
0: wild animals have been known to do that they mark your territory
1: yeah and when i urinated in that area i think that's what that bigfoot was doing was rolling in the the area where i had done that because to them that's a marker yes and uh i think that's why it did that to mark that area that it was coming through there and uh that one time when I would, I forgot to mention that one time when I first moved into my house because I traveled a lot and I finally wanted to get my, my home site and stuff. Yes. And, uh, I had my trailer put there and I didn't live there yet, but it was wintertime and I had uh, a set of tracks coming off the trees and coming towards my house. And it went around in between our, our houses. It went in between the houses coming through and behind my house and back to those trees that I had witnessed them at. But that year I had shot a good size elk and I put it in that house because I wasn't living there yet. And I didn't want nobody to steal my horn. So I locked it inside that house. Yes. And, uh, when I went back to the house, those tracks went back there and it looked in the kitchen window and, uh, to me i think it was smelling around like it when i was walking through there and i videoed that too and that was on that phone that got lost uh the tracks of it walking back through there in between our houses and uh i videoed that and i had a, my cousin with me and he witnessed that with me and i gave him my gun i said hey if something comes out you shoot that thing but don't shoot me <laughs> and i i went out there and i did a video of this footprints the marks that it made during the snow and I totally forgot about that, but um, uh, I had that video, and, and uh, from when I walked up there and when I walked back, you can see my my the span of the the footprints. I, it took me three steps between each foot print that there was. And you know how natives have uh, we walk left to right? Yes. And it's off stepped right because you got your right foot, then your left foot. And it's to the left, to the right. But when I was videoing that big footprints, they were in line, the foot, step, foot to toe, foot to toe. But it was in line, in a direct line, not like a person's footprints. They were like its own footprint structurally, like their body was made to walk in a line, a direct line. And I thought that was really a determining factor that that was not a man-made print. You know, like if somebody's going to play a hoax on you, yes, they wouldn't know that. You know, the, the footprints were in line with each other toe-to-toe in a direct line. And I was like, wow, those are definitely big footprints. And uh, when I walked over there and I turned around, I videoed how small my foot, my span of my feet from – mark to mark and from where that one was uh, it had to be like I don't know maybe four feet or five feet apart because I took three steps in between each one of their spans and you can see that on the video when I turned around and I looked at my footprints go left to right and they're offset and uh, you can see where this step and it's in a step line uh, right and direct line with the other footprint and I found that to be very amazing to see that their their stride was a lot different than a person's stride. So that kind of blew my mind with that, and uh, so I know that their structure, their body, is different than a person's as far as their weight carrying all that. So so. Uh,
0: I have to ask, after experiencing all this, how does it affect you moving forward? I know you said you've become closer to your culture. but
1: uh, Yeah. Uh, to me, it, 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 awoke, it awoke my eyes to seeing things that are people say that, you know, uh, they don't exist. And I know they exist, but it, it, it just made me more of aware aware of things that, you know, I believe in things that others say don't exist. Now, if you, I see a UFO, I see lights or whatever. I'm yes. more open-minded now. And I'm more attuned to listen to somebody's story, especially other people's encounters. Mm. And, uh, you know, I noticed that some people can tell you something and you have that, uh, experience of what you have and uh it gives you a better understanding of what some other people can see you know instead of being negative minded i have more of a open mind now and it, it helps me uh understand other people can have uh, uh traumatic experiences like what i had you know i had nightmares for a while and talking to other people when they have encounters help you deal with things like that it's it, I put myself in, in that mode of mind that, yeah, it, it's out there. And, and to talk to other people that have encounters that are not believed by other folks, you know, it makes you kind of like, I don't know, you, you just feel that somebody can uh, tell you the truth. You know, you, you have a bit of truth with that person right because nobody else will believe them. You know, it kind of gives you a little bond with that person. And it makes you feel better when you talk about it, kind of like a AA meeting or, you know, like the veterans post-traumatic stress meetings that they have for them. So you would it, it helps you deal with that.
0: You would recommend sharing your stories then?
1: Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. And in our tribe, they kind of frown on that. But to me, I'm, I, I'm more like an open-minded person after I had these encounters. It makes me feel better knowing that Other people have had these same things happen to them. And some people's experiences are more traumatizing than mine, you know. (laughs) I was glad that each one that I seen was kind of at a distance and not so close. Right. You know, I mean, I could see it through a scope in the rifle and, and seeing that gave me nightmares, just its face and its expression, you know. And seeing the, the darkness of his face and his eyes, I can make out, you know, parts of it and stuff. But, uh, you know, I know other people have had more closer encounters and have even been grabbed and, you know, things thrown at him or whatever, you know. Well, now, <laughs> but um,
0: I have to ask, do you yeah. have a website where you share this uh, information or some way people can contact you to talk about this?
1: Um, I joined a site where your wife met me at right there, the Bigfoot uh, stories and videos and encounters. Yes. Um, I, I'm on that site right there just just to I post that and uh, I posted that juvenile Bigfoot on there. If you talk to her, you should probably could get it to get, get that uh, picture to you and I've had people tell me that they haven't had very many juvenile photos like that. Well, you know, that it, was, uh, it
0: has been mentioned before. People have mentioned seeing juveniles, but it's not common. Yeah, it's almost as though, like a human, they would protect their young uh, jealously.
1: Yeah, and and you know, when I took that uh, that video of that, and I had that edited and give to me, uh, shipped to me through the email, um, I didn't even see it there when I first took the uh, video. I was looking more at the trees behind me because I seen shadows in there and that's when I noticed the impressions in the grass and stuff but I knew something was back there because of that you know and uh when I seen the shadows back there it was the parents that was out there and I think they were I heard like uh grunting yes before and and it must have called it back to the trees because I seen something just bounding back in the brush and that's when I started trying to get the video but it must have been sitting there in the open before I came out there and you know, I just started videoing before I came out and looking at the trees and I videoed it and then I thought oh those are just shadows those ain't nothing back there and then I was uh I took that video and I shut it off because I didn't think nothing was back there but uh, after she examined it and I tend I-, I had the ugly feeling that something was back there it kept bothering me, you know, in the back of my head. And I had that feeling somebody was watching me and I told my cousin about it. And she goes, Hey, send me that video that you got. Maybe I could break it down and, you know, see if something's in those trees. Yeah. And, uh, she, she looked at that and that's when she sent that back to me. She goes, Hey, you did see something. Look at this. And she showed me that she highlighted that area where it was at and sent me that. And it was sitting right there in the open. And you could tell that it looked right at me, uh, and then after that, that's when it must. I heard that grunt and it came running back into the trees because it, it made a grunt. I heard something grunt, and I I didn't know that it probably was its call to get back here. Somebody's coming, you know.
0: Well, that makes, and makes I didn't, sense. Actually,
1: yeah, and and I didn't really realize that. I thought it, you know, I thought it was just me hearing something, you know. But. uh after, after things happened, then I started putting it together, you know, and, uh, on my house in the area where I was at, yeah. <laughs> it kind of made me laugh because before that happened, I heard, uh, it sounded like something on the roof, you know, like how birds land on your roof. You can hear them like their little foot, right. you know, running on the top of the roof. And I kept saying, knock it off. You birds go away. Cause we have birds around there a lot, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I didn't realize it, but I think that those little guys were crawling on the house. That because, uh, yeah, I just kind of put that that week before. I had heard that in the morning, early in the morning, like maybe about maybe about four or five in the morning. Yes, and uh, I heard a pitter patter on the roof, and I didn't realize that you know till afterwards. I put two and two together after the fact, and I was thinking. Man, those things were on the roof, you know, and I thought they were birds crawling up there because it's they wake up early in the morning. You can hear them and they land on the top of the roof and stuff. And the electric line, you could see all the birds flying around a big flock of them. And I just assumed that it was the birds up there. <laughs> but, you know, after it came down to it, uh, I'm not a tree expert either. Yes. Uh, I've seen uh, trees. Back there, and I've seen those juveniles in the trees, and I didn't realize that they were in the trees there, but they were eating the limbs and the leaves off the trees. And I don't know what type of trees they are. They're not uh, aspen trees. They're kind of like a, I don't know, maybe a oak or something like that. Okay, but but uh, they were eating the leaves off of it, or the acorns or something but I noticed that the, the leaves were being ate off of the trees there after they had left, and that the oil was on the limbs where they were at. And uh, uh, there was a, a limb that had uh, been gripped so hard that it had left impressions of its handprint on the – or its footprint or something. I don't know how they're – it had a grip mark on it and you could tell something grabbed it real tight to climb up the tree and it it left fingerprints or something on the limb to where it grabbed it so tight it left impressions on the branch and i i couldn't believe that it, if something would grab the branch so tight that it could squish the tree
0: limb and leave an impression it would take a lot of strength to do that
1: Oh, yeah, and I couldn't even, I I tried it with other branches, and there's no way I could do that with anything like that. So that kind of amazed me that the strength that those little juveniles even had, you know, more than any person could ever grab something and grip it.
0: Well, you know, a, ch- a chimpanzee, for instance, which is much smaller than an adult human, has amazing yeah, strength but, and, and a, are typically yeah. stronger than an adult human.
1: Right, right. But I, I didn't realize that they were in the trees uh, even before that, you know. So that in, in all these times uh, when we'd go hunting and everything, uh, all the bones and the debris that I get from hunting. Yes. Dur- and during the years, I'd always take those uh, bones and the leftover carcass back there after I debone it and give it to my dogs and I'd always put it back there by those trees back away around the way. So it wouldn't be sneaking around the house and they could chew on it out there and do what they want. You know, the dogs could chew on that. Right. But here all those years I was hunting before that, I never realized that they could have been feeding them. And that's probably the reason why they might've been coming through there too, well, because I, mean, I kept on doing that an easy every year source. I'd go hunting. Yeah. A food source and around our area, uh, there's a lot of people that do the same thing like we do. They, we throw our bones and stuff in the brush and trees for the dogs to eat. You know, they like chewing on the bones and stuff like that. So I thought that was kind of a, maybe a pattern that they come down through every hunting season to get free food like that.
0: It's a possibility.
1: But, uh, yeah. Uh,
0: one last question. Uh, based yeah. on all of your uh, experiences— are you looking mm-hmm. forward to another encounter with Bigfoot?
1: <laughs> you know, uh, I would, I would like to see one again. Just to, just to see one again. But you know, I know they're real. I've heard them. I've encountered them when they were coming out and stuff. Yes. But it's always an interesting thing to me if you ask me that. And I, I would like to see one again, as long as it's at a distance and not so close <laughs> <laughs> at a, at a distance, you know, and, and I never mentioned this, but a long time ago, my father seen one when he was hunting Yes. and, uh, he had a bad experience because he, uh, seen it when he was hunting. And, uh, when he seen that it traumatized him to where he, he went uh, to the local pub and had a couple drinks, but, uh, he had uh, uh, gotten ran over that night, so it was kind of a bad luck situation for my father when he seen it, because he had gotten ran over by a guy that was just intoxicated at the bar, and ran him over on accident. But you know,
0: well, he had uh, his thoughts would be much more negative than yours.
1: Yeah, yeah, but he he had uh, seen it a little bit closer than what I had, and uh, he was above it, and he seen it walking he thought it was a grizzly bear because it was walking up the hill yes and uh he said it got to a point where it stood up where it got flatter and it stood up but when it was walking straight up that incline it, he thought it was a bear and he thought okay no big deal and then uh he got to the flat area and it stood up and then it started walking and then uh, my father was like whoa what the heck is that you know and then he he couldn't believe what he seen and he went to the local pub to you know, shake it off and have it frosty. But yeah, he had problems after that and he got run over and, you know, us natives, they say it's bad luck to see that, but I didn't have that happen to me. I, I, it kind of awoke me to my culture and stuff after I had, you know, thought about it, you know, but I just took it as it come, you know, and, and try to put it as, you know, they're the guardians of the woods is what our, our people t- say about Bigfoot. You know, he's the he's the man of the woods and you know, the stories that we've been told, you know, it, it puts it in that perspective, but they say that he kidnaps the kids and he eats them. They're, that's what they say, you know. So he is known in our tribe to be, you know, a cannibal. If their kids are out there and they're naughty, they taste better is what our grandmother used to tell us. <laughs> so if you're a naughty kid and you get kidnapped, you know why? because <laughs> you're naughty. Well, but, uh, yeah,
0: that's. I think uh, I think we can end on that note and recommend that uh, people definitely not make themselves tastier to Bigfoot.
1: Definitely. That's that's what I would say, too. But, yeah, that's kind of like my story there, you know, and the encounters that I had,
0: you know, growing up. Well, thank you a lot for sharing this. We really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if I have any other encounters or anything like that, I'll give you guys a call. Please do. uh, All right. It sounds good, man. You take care.
0: You too. Thank you very much. This is Charles Romans. And on behalf of myself and our guests, thank you for joining us on this walk through the Shadows of Legend. If you like what you heard, please follow us and visit our website at shadowsoflegend.com and support our Patreon page, to help keep the content flowing. And if you would like to be a guest and share your own brush with a stranger paranormal, don't hesitate to email us and include a contact number. The strange and surreal, the normal and the paranormal are all aspects of the world in which we live. As you reflect upon the stories we have shared, keep in mind that the people sharing these stories are actual real people just like us. Were the stories shared compelling enough to be given credibility Or should they be relegated to the deeper part of the shadows? But when determining this, it might be a good idea to keep an open mind because when we look around, we might discover that our own world is less brightly lit than we once thought. Until next time, I'll be waiting for you in the shadows of legend.